Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. This evening, we're observing the fourth Sunday of Advent, which in the tradition of the church focuses us on love. It's good to have you with us, and we do pray, as always, that you would encounter the presence of Christ, the grace, the peace that Christ brings to us in this season and in all seasons. A voice cries out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. Let us listen and turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ, have have mercy. mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day. Purify our conscience, almighty God by your daily visitation, that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer, that God may bring in his kingdom with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. mercy. That God may establish among the nations his rule of righteousness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. mercy. That we may seek Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy that with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Almighty God, as your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, first came to seek and to save the lost, so may he come again to find in us the completion of his redeeming work. For he is now alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and his eyes shone throughout the earth. He was with God before all things. 
Reading from Psalm 89. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. 
I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. Long ago, you spoke in a vision to your faithful people. You said, I have raised up a warrior. I have selected him from the common people to be king. I have found my servant, David. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him, nor will the wicked overpower him. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him, and by my authority he will grow in power. I will extend his rule over the sea, his dominion over the rivers, and he will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Glory Glory to to the the Father, and to the the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Here reading from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. So in this fourth Sunday of Advent, the church calls us to hold the theme of love and the reality of love among us in the person of Christ. And it really is when you think about the Christmas story, when you think about the incarnation, you think about God walking as one of us, there's this thread that goes through the whole life of Jesus. And starting with the story of Christmas and how it was expected by the prophets and by the people of God, and through his life and his ministry to his death, this thread that runs through it all is love. We see in the person of Jesus what love looks like, the love that has held us 
every moment of our existence, the love that holds all of creation together and that promises us that day when all things will be made right in Christ. I think I'm tempted to get so high into the the realm of the ethereal that I forget that this was people who were the actors in in this story. And Taryn, when you were reading the account of the angel coming to Mary to say, this is what is going to unfold before you. You are carrying God within you. Mary's response is confused and disturbed, which I think is just so true to who we are. As ones who are locked in this temporal, tangible realm, when we come into contact with with the eternal, with love, with that force of the divine that Many times it's confusing, it's disturbing even, because it knocks us off of where we were standing. So we stand within these systems. We stand within our sociological constructs. We find ourselves within kingdoms and governments and within family and economic structures. And we do just as they did in the story. And what's so profound is that Mary starts to understand what this means. Love, Christ born of man. God himself walking among us. She starts to comprehend, I think supernaturally, what love looks like. By the time she arrives at her cousin Elizabeth's, out from her comes the most beautiful accounting of the incarnation that's ever been uttered. Because she's come to comprehend, perhaps supernaturally, by that point, what love actually looks like embedded in our world, in our structures, within our government, and what it means for the oppressed, what it means for the poor, what it means for the left behind, what it means for those that are in power. Love to her changes things. It doesn't just float on the surface of our existence, but it touches down into the hardest places of human existence, and it will. She's able to prophetically see the life of her son, the way that love will flow from him, the way that healing will flow from him, the way that he will topple the structures of the day, that he'll proclaim freedom for the oppressed, release to the captives, that sickness and disease will be crushed by him. Someone said, of the Magnificat, Mary's prophetic accounting of what is to unfold before her and before all of us in the birth and the life of Jesus. And there's been some in the church who have called the Magnificat the revolutionary canticle because it shows us what happens when love walks among us. And so I'd love to, to read that together, to read Mary's prophetic accounting of the incarnation of Christ, the birth of Jesus, and what love will do when it encounters our tangible realm, our systems that we have set up, the governments that rule us, the oppressed, the poor, the rich, and the powerful, all have to confront the force of love that is Christ. Here a reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord! How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior! 
for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his children forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. It's now Wednesday morning. And we record this podcast on Monday evenings. And I think we've been sitting with this Magnificat, all of us, the entire time. The call for justice is such a deep and human experience. And really everyone approaches it from a unique and deeply personal angle. Yeah, as I was listening back and editing um, our conversation on Monday, we just kind of realized how personal the conversation got and how it just probably wasn't going to translate as well to this podcast format. I mean, it's this year. This year has been uh, such a different year for so many of us. And I think at the same time, it's been a grace and an invitation for us to remember in a greater measure, the suffering of those for whom hope and joy and peace and love seems distant. I mean, this cry for justice that you hear in Mary's Magnificat in her prophetic accounting of what is to unfold before us all in the birth of Jesus, it's not by any means a meek submission to something for which she has no desire to see play out. Um, You know, this is something that's really at the core of her. She's a woman living in an occupied territory, seeing injustice and oppression take place all around her. And, And she really does speak to what love looks like, played out in the life of Jesus, that it will be, a reckoning for the powerful. And this, this, this revolutionary language that she uses, I think that's what was hitting us on Monday is this deep call that we all have and that we're, we're feeling from the human family, this call that things would be made right, and that is Advent. So we were just talking throughout the week, and we felt like maybe the best thing to do would be to call our community to pray this prayer, to get in touch with where Mary was, if we can, and what she's calling for and what she's crying out for. Yeah, and to really just see where where you find yourself in this passage. Because I think one, mm-hmm. one of the things that came up for us is a conviction. This prayer, we, we probably find ourselves more in the haughty, more in the proud. Yeah, for sure. And the princes, and it's easier to find ourselves in the people that she's 
calling out as oppressors. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the call for us is to figure out where we find ourselves and either recognize those things and repent of those things or Mm -hmm. see where we can be bringing in the kingdom of God, where we can be heralds for that kingdom for the lowly and for the, the people who are being oppressed. So it is a hard call. I mean, but this is Advent, and this is what Advent is supposed to do. It asks that question, you know, if this is what love looks like played out in the real world, what Mary's describing, are we on the side of love? Are we on the side of freedom and grace and kindness and everything that we saw manifest in the life of Jesus? And we don't want to live our days saying that we were on the side of those who were to be torn down. Mm -hmm. So I think praying this as a community throughout the next week would be so much more life-giving than than hearing the, the four of us kind of cry and, and be heavy with the weight of the world, you know, mm-hmm. that, that conversation we had on Monday. So this is coming from all four of us, that yeah. this invitation to, um, to pray the Magnificat and to enter into the story of love, not just in the first coming of Christ, but in the Advent as we wait for the renewal of all things at the end of the age. Yeah, we all long for things to be made right, for restoration to happen. And so as we pray through this this week, let's choose the side of love. Mm-hmm. As we think about our year, as we think about our lives, let's choose the way of love and the way of Jesus. Grace and peace to you, Bloom. May you feel the presence of Christ and the call to love radically and with passion as you pray this prayer. Bloom, let's take a moment now to hear one more time Dulcie reading the Magnificat, and that can be found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. Here a reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear Him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his children forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God our Father, The angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she was to be the mother of your son. Though Mary was afraid, she responded to your call with joy. Help us, whom you call to serve you, to share like her in your great work of bringing to our world your love and healing. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light who is coming into the world. Amen. Amen.